couldn't help tears come to my eyes when I talked about the goodness of God, the things God's done for us. We all gathered for one more Thanksgiving. God's good. God's good. But when you get into Thanksgiving and Christmas season, it's a it's it's just like it's like a tug of war sometimes with the minds of people. People just running and going. I don't know what happens, but they release at least a thousand more cars to come down Garrett Road in November. I don't know what happens. Those people stay home for a year and then then it's like boom. You can't go nowhere without traffic. But it's it, it, it is a season. It's a season. A holiday season. And it's sometimes tough to bring the minds of people together. But today I'm I'm gonna do something very, very simple and uh, I hope that it will help you and bless you because the things that I will say to you today are biblical. They are not from the reasoning of this world, but they are from the reasoning of the Word of God. So, let's read so you can be seated. I know you're tired. John chapter 3, verse 16. You ready? How many of you can quote it without a, without a Bible? Yeah, look at here. All over. Here it is. Here's my text for today. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now verse 17. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. My text today is the reason for Christmas. You may be seated. As I, as I saw the Lord and and ask him what to do on this first day of December 2019 almost to 2020 can you believe it I remember 20 years ago when we were all worried about Y2K the clocks were going to stop you would stop stocking up on gasoline and make sure you got plenty of food and make sure you got plenty of water Because at midnight, on December the 31st of 1999, things are going to be a catastrophe. Ain't nothing happened. Everything kept ticking. It's kind of like 88 reasons Jesus was going to come in 88. You remember that? It's a lot of scares and a lot of stuff. Here we are 20 years later, almost 20 years later, But I I am astounded, I'm astounded that people often forget the simple truths of the Word of God. When I started to pray and ask the Lord what to speak to you about today, and I always do that because I don't want my mind, I want His mind. My mind went to this Scripture, and I believe the Lord laid it upon me. So let me do what I've never done before. I'm going to break down John 3.16. Just little phrase by phrase, if I may. And I'm going to speak to you from that scripture on the reason for Christmas. Now, if I ask the kids the reason for Christmas, they'd say Santa Claus. But I hate to tell you, Santa Claus isn't in the Bible. 
I got in trouble here one year, so I'm going to be careful today. I got parents all over me talking about Santa Claus. So I'm going to tell you this. Santa Claus not in the Gospels. Santa Claus is, is something your mom and daddy talks about. But here's, here, and I'm not against Santa Claus, okay? I got to thinking uh, a little bit. Y'all don't mind me just taking my time preaching a little bit today, do you? But I got to thinking back when I was a kid. We, we was on South 2nd Street, and we put a big Christmas tree, mind you, in the auditorium of the church. Now, y'all know that's a sin, don't you? For all those guys that preach against Christmas trees, they had a, boy, they had sermons galore. My dad put one in the auditorium of the church. And everybody brought a gift, and we all exchanged gifts at Christmas time. What a spirit of Christmas. Wasn't that fun? We might need to do that again. Amen. But nevertheless, I've, I've been raised around Christmas trees and Santa Claus and gifts and lights and presents, and every year I have to pray through over Christmas trees. I'm not exaggerating. She ought to be saying amen right now. This was the week that we had to pull out the Christmas tree. And, and my spirit is not good when it comes to Christmas trees. I'm confessing before you today. I need prayer when it comes to Christmas trees. But here's the deal. It's not about all that. It's not about, it's really, that's just an addendum to what we really celebrate. That's just, that's just, it's become a, a commercialized thing. As a matter of fact, it's, it's not really good that you spend so much in Christ, on Christmas till it takes you to July to get out of it. All you men ought to be on your feet clapping and screaming hallelujah. If you're paying the bills, if you're not, just sit there. But the facts are, it's been commercialized. It's a big deal. But here's what the Scriptures tell us. And Jesus said this. He said, for God so loved the world. Could I break that down for you for just a moment today? And in the next few minutes give you some clarification about what this is really all about. Everybody say, God. Say, who is he? Oh, that wasn't very strong. Say, who is he? God is a spirit, John 4, 24. Not a person. God's a spirit. God is the invisible God. He's the God of eternal ages. He is the eternal God. He was God before there was anything. And he will be God when there is nothing. He is God further than you can imagine. And as far back in time as your feeble mind can think. He will be God throughout the endless ages of eternity. He is a spirit. That's why God is in this house today. But God's not just in this house today. God is in places of worship all over America and the world today. Where people are worshiping Him because He is God. He is the omnipresent omnipotent, omniscient being that we know as the eternal God. So when the scripture said, God so loved the world, we are talking about He who made all things. 
He who made every tree and every river. He made every mountain and every valley. He created every ocean, every fowl of the air, every fish of the sea, every beast of the field. He created the sun and the moon and the stars. He flung them into space and the scripture tells us that he calleth them by name. What a powerful and mighty God we have. You cannot even imagine in your own mind the magnificence of God. He is bigger than you can conceive. He is bigger than you could ever imagine. He is greater than I could ever tell you in this pulpit this morning. But that God, not another God, that God so loved this world. He loved every man. You know what we are? We are the creation of God. We are here by the creative forces and power of God. He spoke this world into existence. And he picked up of the dust of the earth and formed a man. And breathed into that man the, the breath of life. And that man became a living soul. And from that man, Adam came every human being that walks upon the face of this earth today. So God looked down. i got to tell you a quick story. God was very distraught and, un and displeased by the way and the, uh, uh, the dealings of mankind. For when He had put them in a paradise and put them in a garden and said, You can do, you can eat of any tree of this garden, but just one, leave it alone. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But you know and I know that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. That was the fall of mankind. That was when man went down. But God looked down on a fallen man. I'm not going to go into that whole story because I don't have time today. But here's what he did. For 4,000 years, he was just God. He showed men theophanies. He showed men manifestations. But he was just God. But he looked down upon fallen man. He saw the disgrace. He saw the sin. He saw the displeasure. And he said, I'm going to fix it. So God so loved this world that he sent. He gave. He handed to this world his only begotten son. Now listen to me. He gave his only, somebody say it with me, his only begotten son. I want to get I want to, I want you to get this. He had no other. Jesus Christ was the only son of God. Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh and here's why. Listen to me very carefully today because God that spirit found a little virgin lady called Mary. He came upon her and she conceived the Spirit of God came on Mary, not an individual, not a person. If you believe God is a person, you don't believe Mary is a virgin. And so he came upon Mary as a spirit, and she conceived, and she brought forth a child. That child was both God and man. 
because his father was God, but his mother was flesh. I've preached it a thousand times, but I'm here to preach it to you again on a Sunday morning because you got to see what Christmas is really all about. He fathered a son through a virgin, and she gave birth in a place called Bethlehem. I want to preach to you today. We, how many of you love the cross? You love to talk about the cross. You love the blood of Jesus. You love the cross. Let me tell you, there wouldn't have been a cross without a Bethlehem. There wouldn't have been blood without a Bethlehem. So what I'm talking today is vitally important to the salvation of all mankind because God looked down in mercy and God looked down in grace. He, he said, i got to fix this. And so he gave this world his only begotten son. Begotten, ladies and gentlemen, means that he had a beginning. That means that he was born literally in a manger in Bethlehem. And when Jesus was born, it was not just another preacher. It was not just another prophet. It was not just another boy, baby. It was not just another child. It was God wrapped up in flesh. Hallelujah. And God put on a body. That's why, that's why Jesus said, when you have seen me, you have seen my Father. Because I am in my Father and my Father is in me. And in John 10 and 30 he said, I and my Father are one. Anybody with me today? If you're with me, shout Amen. Come on now, help me preach a little bit today. So Jesus was not just a figment of the imagination. He was God robed in flesh. You see, Jesus wasn't an ordinary kid. Jesus wasn't an ordinary boy. At the age of 12, his mom and dad found him conversing with the wise teachers in the synagogue. And they had to go back and get him and bring him home. And when they found him, he said, don't you know, I have to be about my father's business. But at the age of 30, he started an earthly ministry. He turned water into wine. He healed lepers. He raised up the dead. He fed 5,000 with a few loaves and fishes. Are you with me today? He did the miracles that only God could do. Man can't do that. But God can do that. And I'm going to tell you right now, as God, He performed the miracles. But as man, as man, He slept like you did. He ate like you do. He, he walked and talked. He thirsted. He went through all of the activities of mankind. But He was both God and man. I didn't intend to say all this today, but I am, and it's for somebody in this room today. You need to understand who God is. God is a spirit. But he saw the degradation and the sin of this world and he said somebody's got to offer a sacrifice and so he gave this world his only son and he said I'm going to give this son for the sins of all mankind in the old testament it was a lamb in the new testament it was a lamb that's why John said behold the lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world Behold the Lamb of God. So, here's what the Scripture said. For God, the Spirit, 
loved the world that he made, that he gave his only begotten son, the birth of Jesus at Bethlehem. And then I love this. He said that whosoever, somebody shout whosoever. Aren't you so glad that the gospel is not for an elite few? Aren't you glad that the gospel is not for just a handful? Aren't you glad the gospel is not just for a, ser- a certain sect or, or a certain religion? or a cer- The gospel is for whosoever. Who so that means you, ladies and gentlemen. That means me today. That means every man in Monroe, Louisiana. That means every man in Washtenaw Parish. That means every individual in Louisiana, period. That means every individual in the world. Everybody. I want somebody to shout everybody. Everybody has a right to come and drink of the waters of life freely. Because he said, whoever, whosoever. Man, I could preach about that a while. If you think there's going to be segregation in heaven, you got another thing coming. If you think the rich are going to be on one side of town and the, the poor is going to be on another, you got another thing coming. God didn't come to the well. He came to the sick. Jesus said, the well don't need a physician. The sick need a physician. I came to the sick. And so he comes to all men everywhere. That's why when a pauper walks in this building, he's got as much right as the richest man in this parish. Whoever that may be, everybody's got a right to Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why I walked through the, the, the foyer this morning turning on the lights. I still turn on the lights here on Sunday morning, lock, unlock all the doors. I'm here way before you are. But let me tell you, when I walked through there, my, I looked to the right, and across that wall it said, a place of worship for all people. When they walk in those doors, I want them to know it's for whosoever. It doesn't matter if you got money or you don't have money. It doesn't matter. If you're fat or ugly or skinny or bald or, or got a head full of hair, if you're young or old or black or white or red or yellow, it doesn't matter who you are. I want to tell you, whosoever has a right to God. And I want to tell you, that's what he was trying to get to us on this in this scripture. Whosoever. That means if you've got a will and you want God, you can have God. Hallelujah. So he said, whosoever. And then this next word. You ready? Believeth. Everybody say believeth. We, we, we've come to this, this time. I may preach something that crosses your philosophy, but I dare you to check me out in the Scripture. Because we've come to the, the day and hour where the, the, the experience with God to people are just a little believism doctrine. Where all you got to do is say, I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And you're supposed to have a life-changing event by that. Now, I, I, I will grant you this. That's a good statement to make. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you've come that far, you need to go the rest of the way. Amen. Because, you see, it's more than shaking a preacher's hand. It's more than signing a church roll. 
Here's what happens when people are told that they're saved. But, and, and I see congregations. I see it on television. I see preachers have them repeat the sinner's prayer. Thank you for the sinner's prayer. But I don't find a sinner's prayer. I find where he calls all men to repentance. And you've got to repent of your sins. I'm going to preach a little while today. I may not have this many next Sunday. But I'm going to preach a little bit today because here's the real reason for Christmas. He said, whosoever believeth. Now look, you've got to believe. You can't be baptized without believing. You can't find God without believing. Faith is the first step to salvation. You've got to have faith to find God. You've got to believe the Scripture said in Hebrews chapter 11, without faith it is impossible to please God. The Bible said you've got to seek Him. Amen. And you got to believe that He is. And He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. When you seek Him and you believe Him. I want to, oh, I got some scripture for you. I'm going to read today. Matter of fact, I want you to put it up on the board. John 7 and verse 37. The Bible said this, that Jesus stood and cried. On that great day of the feast. Let's wait. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him we'll go back. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Watch this. He, there it is again, that believeth on me. Somebody shout, believeth. He said, Jesus said, He that believeth on me. But here's the catch. You see that comma? In that next part, as the Scripture has said, there's the catch. It's not just saying, I accept Christ as my personal Savior, and therefore I'm okay. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said. Well, what the Scriptures say? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift. Of the Holy Ghost. Now that's what Peter said. And he had the keys of the kingdom in Acts chapter 2. So I want you to see this. He that believeth on me, like the Bible says believe. He said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Don't go yet. Everybody say that's good stuff. You know what that means? Something's going to happen when you believe on me. Like the Bible said to believe on me. How many of y'all with me today? Anybody, I'm preaching Bible now. I'm not out in left field. I'm preaching Bible to you. You go check me out by the Scripture. Now watch this. Now watch this. This spake he of the Spirit. What is the Spirit? All through the Bible, the Spirit. See that big ass in Spirit? That's not just any Spirit. That's the Spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. Which they that believe... Do What? Which, read it with me. Which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. That refers to spirit. The Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. What they're saying is Jesus hadn't died and rose again yet. But Jesus, this is his words too. It's in red letter edition in your Bible more than likely. He said, when you believe on me like the Bible says believe, you're going to have an experience. But here's what's going to happen to you. They that believe on him is going to receive the Holy Ghost. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, but it's coming. He said, and when you believe right, when you believe on me, that's why whosoever believeth on him 
should not perish. That means that when you believe, you go to an altar of repentance. You find a place and tell God you're sorry for your sins. You seek the Spirit of God in your life. And let me tell you, when you seek Him, you will find Him. You'll find Him like they did in the book of Acts. You'll find Him like they did in Acts 2 and Acts 8 and Acts 10 and Acts 19. You'll find the outpouring of the Spirit of God in your life. You say, why are you preaching all this, preacher? Because here's the real meaning of Christmas. He came so that you could have that. He came so that you could believe and you could be filled with His Spirit. You're not here today by accident. You're here because Jesus wants to save every one of us. Hallelujah. The birth at Bethlehem's manger was not for him to be born and make of himself a great name. That's not what it was all about. He came. The Bible said God gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That means you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to die and be lost. I know I'm boring some of you. You've heard it all your life. But there's somebody here that hadn't ever heard it. So I'm not preaching to all you bored Christians. I'm preaching to those of you who need it today. And I'm here to tell you right now, you this here, this old preacher, as long as I'm behind this pulpit, as long as I got breath in my body, as long as I can stand here and taste anything, I'm going to preach repentance and baptism in His name and Holy Ghost in filling because that's a life changer. And that's what Jesus came to this world for so that you wouldn't have to be lost. He came here so that you wouldn't have to go to hell because the fallen state of man will send you straight to the pits of hell. But he said, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit or you can't enter the kingdom of God. John 3, 5. Well, you may not feel anointing, but I do. I feel the anointing of the Spirit here today. Should not perish. You should not perish. That doesn't mean once saved, always saved. We don't preach that here. We don't believe that here. Paul said, he said, lest after, other, after I have preached to others, I myself become a castaway. You can fall from the grace of God. You can fall out of touch with God. You can lose your experience with God. If you're here today and you've been taught that doctrine, you need to come talk to me. Because there's nowhere in the Scripture where that is found. That once saved, always saved. I don't understand that anyway. How somebody can claim to be saved and you can go do anything you want to. You can rob a bank, kill your mother-in-law, shoot up the, the, the house and, and do drugs and get drunk and label women. And do whatever you want to do. And it's okay. you still saved. That's a bunch of bunk. I don't normally preach like this, but I is today. Amen? So, so, why did Jesus say this? He said that you should not perish. Here's what he said. But you can have everlasting life. You can have life that will never end. You can have eternity with God. He said, I'm sending my son. I'm giving my only begotten son to this world so that they, now this is not, I, I want you to 
don't, don't get all fouled up and misunderstand the Scripture here. It's not one God sending another God. It's the Spirit of God coming into man. And that was the only Son of God, the only fleshly manifestation of God you will ever find in the Scripture or anywhere is in Jesus Christ. And He was not the second God in some kind of doctrine. But He is the only God. Jesus Christ was God in flesh. So it's not like Jesus Christ, superstar, where one God sends another God down to die and he turns his head and puts his hand over his eyes. That's not what, that's not what it's all about. God gave his only begotten son. That means the fleshly son. He gave his own body on a tree. God didn't die. I want you to say it with me. God didn't die. God can't die. Remember, I'm going to preach it again. I don't care how many times I've preached it. You need to hear this. You remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he said this statement, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Anybody ever read that? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Let me tell you why. Because God can't die. Had God had to leave that body. Had when God left that body, that body died. Had that body stayed dead three days. But on the third day, the Spirit, God, came back into that body. Had that body rose up out of that grave and was resurrected. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 8, If the same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall also quicken your mortal body. The spirit of resurrection is in the power of God because he can't die. Hallelujah. So he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And John said he was talking about the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost wasn't given yet. But because Jesus wasn't glorified yet. But when he goes back and he sends the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, everybody has a right to it. And everybody can have it. It's a life-changing event in people's life. Why did Jesus come? What is the reason for Christmas? The reason for Christmas, listen to me right now, is found in Luke 19, verse 10. Would you put that up for me? I want, to, I want to close very quickly. But Luke 19 and verse 10. Here is the reason. For the Son of Man has come to seek. Somebody say to seek. Say and to save. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's his purpose. That's why he came. Christmas ought to be the most exciting time for us. Because Christmas is more than presents and bows and gifts and lights. It's more than Christmas trees and families and tams and turkeys or whatever you have. It's more than all that. It's the Savior of the world coming to the world to save man from his fallen state. Oh, God, I, I thank God for Christmas and for better. Bethlehem's manger, not because it's just a big hoopla, but because my Savior was born in Bethlehem. That's why the angel said, I'm going to send a Savior, and His name is Jesus, and He shall save His people from their sin. Furthermore, when they said, who is this? Who is this? What's the name of this child? And the angel said, Emmanuel. Somebody say Emmanuel. Does anybody know what Emmanuel means? 
God with us. In other words, God's coming to be with us. He's going to die. His, his body's going to die on a tree. He's going to suspend between heaven and earth. He's going to walk up Golgotha's hill. He's going to take every sin that I've ever committed. He's going to take every lie, everything I've ever done wrong, every time I've ever wronged anybody. He's going to nail it to the cross. And He's going to let blood drip off that cross. And that blood is the saving power of the church of the living God. For we are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but we're saved by the precious blood of Jesus. There would have been none of that without a manger in Bethlehem. There would have been none of that without a Savior being born. He came as a baby. He came through the back door of His own world. He came in a manger. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad He came because He saved us from our sin. when you celebrate this season for the next few weeks, every time you walk through a mall, you hear the music and jingle bells and Frosty the Snowman. It's okay. Sing all that. Have a good time. People go crazy about stuff, you know it? No preachers that found some kind of tree in Jeremiah, so they preach and get Christmas trees. Get out. I'm not preaching against a tree. I'm sure not preaching against a present because I like them. You do too. I'm not preaching against bales. I load my grandkids up many years, took them around, see all the lights. I got lights on my house. It's okay. Decorate it up, baby. Get your family around you. Cook them a ribeye steak. Put a ham on them. Cook another turkey if you can stand one after this one. Do whatever you got to do. Don't forget the reason for it all is to save you from the sin that you were in. And if it wasn't for that manger in Bethlehem, wouldn't one of us be in this church today? Not a one of us would be here on this Sunday morning. The real reason is because he came to save me. I'm so glad today before I came to church, I didn't have to go out and find a spotless lamb. Bring it in here to a priest, Sister Doris. Let him offer a blood sacrifice on a bloody altar. I'm so glad I didn't have to do that. I'm so glad there was no, no, I mean, it was a, it was a chore, folks. It was a chore. And then they couldn't even get in the presence of God. Only the priest could. Then one time a year, the high priest go into the Holy of Holies and, and he's getting redemption for all the sins of the people. And he's trying to not get forgiveness, but roll their sins on. Just push them on another year. Roll them back. I'm so glad that you didn't have to come to me today and bring your sacrifice and me go into a Holy of Holies. But today we can all walk in the Holy of Holies because he came. And he died, and he put he tore the veil from top to bottom. It was all because he was born in Bethlehem's manger. I, I didn't come to I didn't come to entertain you today. I just don't want you to lose the grip on the simple things of Christmas because it's you know I I, I know I, I get carried away just like you do. We all do, and then we forget what we're really doing. What we're really doing is we're celebrating. How many of you remember when your first baby was born, ladies? Hold your hand up. You remember when your baby was born? 
Was there a little laughter, maybe a few tears? The crowd gathered around, people coming and going, everybody wanting to hold it. You being protected, didn't want nobody to touch it. Come on now. little joy in the house. Anybody ever decorated a room before your baby was born? I want to see your hand. Don't you lie to me. You decorated a room before your baby was born. Yep. You know why you did that? It's celebration time. It's a, you know what we're going to do the month of December? This is the first day. From now to the 25th, we're going to celebrate because he came at Bethlehem's manger. But when we do that, with all the ribbons and the bows and the gifts and the lights and the whatever, we're going to say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, for thank you, God, that you put on a, a body and you became flesh and you became the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Stand all over this house with me today. I didn't come to entertain you, but I want you to walk out of here with a heartbeat knowing, knowing that the reason for Christmas is not anything else but Jesus. It's all about Him. Does anybody love the Savior today? Does anybody love the Savior today? Where would I be if Jesus didn't love me? I got to singing this the other day by myself. Where would I be if Jesus didn't care? Where would I be if he hadn't sacrificed his life for me? Oh, but I'm glad. So glad he did. I don't know why. Here's a, here's a verse. Andre Crouch had it when he wrote this. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared for me. I don't know why. But I'm so glad. Somebody say, I'm so glad. You see, he had you in mind when he was born. He had me in mind when he was born. He was looking out for a generation after generation after generation of fallen men. And he said, I got I to gotta take care of that sin factor. I got to take care of that fallen state. You don't have to stay there anymore. You may be in this room today and never have experienced what I preached about this morning. But I want to tell you it's for you today. If you want to... If you want to find Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, read my lips. Don't just say, I believe. The Bible said faith without works is dead. To say you believe is one thing, but to step out and act on it is another. Faith without works is dead. I believe I can walk these steps. I believe I can get to the bottom right there. I believe that. But if all I do is stand here and say, I believe, I've done nothing. But when I start taking steps, hallelujah, every time I take a step, it's in faith. Hallelujah. He that believeth, that means not only are you saying, I believe, but I'm stepping out. I believe in it, but I'm repenting of my sins. I believe in God for the Holy Ghost in my life. That's good old-fashioned doctrine preaching right there, whether you know it or not. Does anybody believe what I'm preaching? Let's do it the, let's do it the easy way today. Not a long time, because here's the thing. If you don't want God, you won't have Him, because He's not going to force Himself on you. Is there anybody here that never had the Holy Ghost in your life, but you'd like to have the Holy Spirit of God? You'd like to have that baptism of the Spirit today. 
you'd like to have that. If you I'm just don't open these altars. This is an old fashioned altar call. If you want God and you want the baptism, maybe you need a refreshing in God. Maybe you need a renewing in God. But you understand today that this is what it's all about. So you would like to come and make this Christmas different. Is there anybody here? Just Would you just bow your heads all over this room right now? Sometimes people are more comfortable if they're not being watched from every direction. All over this room, nobody looking around. Who'll slip a hand up right now? Say, preacher, pray for me. I need the Holy Ghost. Pray for me. I need something in my life today. Yes, 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 yes. I need a touch of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to go through another Christmas like the others. I need God in my life today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless you, sir. I see you. Bless you. Bless you all over this room. Bless you. Let's make, let's make this very comfortable for everybody. Can we do that? I want everybody to listen to me right now. Look at me. Look at me. We're about to all come forward. And when we come, I'd like to invite every one of you that raised your hands just to come forward and pray a few minutes and see if God will do a work in your life. I believe that He will. Would you would you just come while we start singing? Where would I be if Jesus didn't love me? Come on, church. Come on. Where would I be if He didn't care? Sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. Come on. That's good. Everybody come. Everybody come. Come close. Oh, yes. Where would I be if Jesus didn't love me? Oh, yeah. Where would I be if he didn't care? Sacrifice his life. Oh, but I'm glad, so glad he did. I don't know why. Sing it now. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know. Can I tell you one more thing today? Can I tell you something? They're going to sing again in just a moment. Listen to me right now. You got to you got to get a mental picture today. I want to tell you the nails did not hold Jesus to that cross. I want to tell you no nail could have helped him to that cross. Listen to me right now. The only thing that held him to that cross was because he loved you and he wanted to be your sacrifice. That's what held him to the cross. So when we sing again, I want everybody in this room, I want you to just put your hands up and I want you to get a mental picture of the Lord with you on his mind. Nailed to a cross, coming to save you, coming to give you hope. That's what it was all about, and it started in a manger. Sing it one more time, all over this building. Just thank you today. Oh, I don't know why Jesus loved me. Think about that. I don't know why. 
this life. 